0: This is a podcast of a conversation between me and one of my best friends, Caleb Ford, from childhood. Caleb is a super senior at the University of Texas at Austin. Caleb is a mathematics major with a computer science minor. He's taking a fifth year to finish up his minor in computer science. Caleb's main interest is AI, as well as doing something to combat the cost of tuition at public universities. Caleb and I, in this podcast, talk about our childhood and also mathematics. We talk about what drives us, our passions, and our motivations. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation, a conversation between friends. All right, here we go. Let's talk about math or stuff. We should, uh, we should preface this to the fact that we're sitting in uh, the bottom of the, the floor of my closet um, to record this podcast. I wish we could video it. I know. It'd be funny. It's a very intimate setting. Um, so yeah, I'm here with literally my childhood best friend, even though we didn't really meet to like, what, high school?
1: Yeah. I feel like it was I eighth
0: like grade or ninth grade. We definitely had to have met. Maybe we had met before, but we didn't really Maybe start hanging school. out.
2: Yeah, I think we met it. We met it like HEP, right? Remember Home why? School.
0: Remember why we started hanging out?
2: Why did we start hanging out? Oh, logic class, right?
0: That, but we were we never talked about logic when we'd hang out. What did we talk about? What did we do? We oh ate my snacks. God. No. What did we do? What? What, what, what was that? When we hang out, like I, we'd spend hours.
2: Oh, Clash of Clans! Clash of Clans! Oh, of course, yeah. We started
0: <laughs> playing Clash of Clans. We were both obsessed with it, and it was great. Oh, was that the that was the friendship catalyst? I guess that was the yeah. friendship catalyst. That's what got us going. We were we'd stay up till like three a.m. That was our, disgusting. Thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old nerdy selves. That was really dude. Crazy. I'm gonna yeah. attack. <laughs> do you, can you donate me some troops,
2: please? Yeah, we had we had a pretty good clan la, going. La, la. I think we we kind of ran the ran the gauntlet on that
0: game. I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we we were like I think we were both were we not leaders of the clan or something? We made our own and we had it all going. We had to, got all our friends to join it and we definitely did the lollies. Is that ours? We didn't make that. We like joined it. We we took it out.
2: Yeah, we didn't make it, but then we eventually went out and you'd have like you'd have like related clans like the lollies too. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the lollies. One
0: at one point we I think we made. I think we made a clan that was our own, but it was a branch off of that, like, one main clan that had started out or whatever. Dude. Yeah. Man. Good old days. All right, so uh, Caleb is a math major super senior at University of Texas at Austin. Um, funny enough, we both decided to be math majors, and that's weird. I don't know Either of us wanted to be math majors, not in high school. Did you
2: like math? I didn't like math at No, I, oh
0: God, no, I hated math. <laughs> I hated it. I thought it was stupid and it was boring and it was lame. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm never going to go do this. I'm going to do something else. Yeah.
2: So, That's the same. The Math was always my worst
0: subject too, so. Yeah. That was... It wasn't that it was my worst. I mean, I was good at it. It was just <laughs> boring. Yeah. And, and I think part of it too is like, I didn't want to put in the effort to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not like. Like, you can BS a lot of things, yeah, but you can't really BS, like, your math homework. Like, if you don't know no, it,
0: yeah, then, like... You, exactly. You can't.
1: Yeah. 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 So, anyway, I uh, figured we'd start off with talking about math. Mm. Um, and
0: so, I uh, just, you know, since we both knew we didn't want to do math until we got to college,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we got to college and we decided, or we, I don't know, when did you, like, decide you wanted to be a math major and, like, kind of what got you to that point?
2: Honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, um, like, yesterday. Honestly, I don't know if there was ever really a point that I, like, decided... I mean, obviously, whenever I applied to college, I decided. But before that, there was never really, like, a point in my life where I was like, oh, I want to do math. Um, I honestly think that I just loved calculus so much that I was like, I could see myself doing this. And, you know, I liked that math was very... um, Like you can do so much, you know, like if you go into math, like, you know, math, math people go into law, math people go into computer science, math people go into all kinds of things. So I was like, you know, I'm someone who doesn't really want to pigeonhole myself early on. So I'll go with, uh, I'll go with my gut and my gut told me, uh, calculus three was fun. And so we'll keep,
0: we'll keep doing it and it's worked out so far. Did you, when you were in high school, so, so do you like calculus in high school? Is that what you were saying? Kind of got you to...
2: Actually, I did not take calculus. I took pre-calculus. Oh, okay. I did not. So, yeah, math was always my the subject I was behind on um, throughout school. Um, Which you know, I kind of tell that to everyone because I do pretty well in math now, and so I'm like, hey, like you know, you don't have to be good at if you love to do something. Then like you don't have to be like you know a prodigy at it because I definitely was not.
0: Yeah. Um. But and still, I'm not. So, okay, so maybe explain just so that everyone who's listening understands. So you, you graduated high school, and then you went to a secondary college. What would you do? Because you, you weren't immediately at University of Texas at Austin, so you did something else first.
2: Yeah, yeah. I went, to, I went to Lone Star College in Houston for two years, so I kind of decided to go, and that was largely just because, you know, I never got really out of high school. I never got any scholarship money. And my parents were kind of not willing to take on, you know, because either your parents have to be willing to, you know, pay for your school or they have to be willing to take on like the financial responsibility of the debt that Mm -hmm. you'll accrue or whatever. Mm -hmm. So my parents weren't comfortable with either of that. So they were kind of like, you kind of have to get a scholarship. And I didn't have a scholarship. I also didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just went to community college and uh, it worked out. And so
0: what were your, what was your track if you, if, you, if that's even the right word, when you were at community college, like, what were you on a specific track? Were you just taking classes you were interested in? Like, how did that work?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, so specifically, I was pretty heavily involved in the honors college at Lone Star. And so I yeah. eventually like took up like vice president roles, like a leadership position in it. Um, and, you know, that came with like a lot of humanities research kind of things. So I took a lot of Intensive humanities classes um, that culminated in, in research projects of like various types, um, which was cool. I got to really like, I've i got to take classes, you know, um, on like Darwin and Abraham Lincoln and like stuff like that. Kind of weird, weird kind of classes. And there's um, a
0: whole class on like one person.
2: Yeah. The, well, they were. So the class was because Darwin and Abraham Lincoln had a lot of um, kind of similarities in how oh, they wow. thought and how they worked. And, uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, they were born on the same day, huh. um, so they have, like, a lot of um, either born or died on the same day, and they have, like, a lot of uh, kind of cross-sectional stuff, um, and they, they kind of thought in a similar way. And so we basically just read, the whole class was, like, you read each of their writings, and you would, like, compare the, way that, the ways that they, like, thought about certain problems and stuff.
0: Um, Whoa. So is this, like, some sort of, like conspiracy theory shit or or is it just it wasn't it wasn't a conspiracy theory it, it sounds is... to me like it sounds to me like whoever came up with this class was like they're the same person in different <laughs> timelines or something the but guy,
2: yeah yeah the guy who the guy who like did it he was like a lincoln scholar so he like wrote all this stuff on on Abraham Lincoln um and he was just really big into kind of how certain like you know like his historical like uh great people kind of worked through things and thought about things and gosh I wish I had like the the curriculum for that class in front of me but you know it, there was just so much like that they did similar really? in a lot of ways and so he decided because Darwin like really wrote not as a um because they both had like the goal to convince an unwilling population of something. Huh. Um, so like Darwin was convincing, you know, a largely religious population that like evolution was a thing. Yeah. And then Lincoln was convincing a, you know, population that loves slaves that like slavery was kind of bad. Mm. And so they both employed like really similar tactics. Like they would never like talk down to people. Um they had like in their writings, like they were both very persuasive
0: wow. people. And so Interesting. Kind of, what a yeah. wild topic to to have a class on. Yeah, I it can't was, imagine. It was dope. Oh. That's wild, okay, so I gotta ask now, so mm-hmm. so there's a, remember there's a myth, I don't know if it's a myth or if it's fact or whatever, but mm-hmm. supposedly Darwin like denounced all of his works, according you know, okay, so we're prefacing this like you know, we were both raised very religious, mm-hmm. um, and we were told multiple things about evolution, um one of which being was that the guy who created it denounced all of his works on his deathbed. Is that true? did they talk about that at all? honestly. I don't remember us talking about that. Oh, okay. Um the guy who
2: ran it, he was very like intellectually honest. Mm. So I think he would
0: he would have told
2: us if that was the case.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um Honestly I'm not sure. I, I, I really wanna say that it's one of those like religious <laughs> myths that was created to try and convince people otherwise or whatever. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, but I just had to ask since you took a class on it was that a topic of discussion or not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um okay, so you you took lots of humanities classes and so you said you got to calc 3.
1: Yeah. And yep. then
0: that was when you were kind of like this is really cool. Um I'm going to keep doing it. And that's when you went to UT or mm-hmm. okay.
2: Yeah. So I I was in, you know, I had the same professor for calculus 1, 2 and 3. Oh cool. Um and he was he was dope. I mean, he he really wanted me to go into math because um, he saw that, like, I don't know. There was just something, like, whenever I would sit down to, like, actually do my homework, I always started with my math homework because it was what, like, invigorated me. It's what mm-hmm. I enjoyed, you know? Right. I liked writing. I liked the end product of writing papers, but in the moment, I hated it. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Right? But, like, in the moment, I loved doing, like, my math homework. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: don't, you, don't, you don't do math for the answer, you do math yeah. the actual math. Like, it's fun to... I was just talking about uh-huh. that the other night with one of my tutoring students. Um, he's taking calculus, uh, a summer semester college calculus, mm-hmm. and, um, which, by the way, a five-week calculus course sounds terrible, I can't imagine. Um, but I was telling him, you know, like, something that's so fun, like, we were doing a really challenging integral problem or something, and I was mentioning to him, I was like, something that's so fun about math is how... Even if you can't get to the answer, or you get the answer wrong, like that's not what it's about. Like the, it's about the process of you know doing, you're doing the work, um, um, working through a problem, trying to apply what you know to solve it. Like that's what makes it fun, especially all the algebraic manipulation that happens in calculus and stuff. So yeah, I I, I agree a hundred percent. Writing a paper sucks. Like in the middle of it, it's so boring. When you finish a paper and it's a good paper, you're like, oh wow, satisfaction, job complete. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing math, you don't get to the end of. I mean, sometimes you get to the end of the problem, you're kind of like, "Oh yeah, finally!" But even if you get to the end and you didn't finish it, you still had fun doing it, mm-hmm. um, which is is definitely different. Um, and then we could talk about proofs, but we won't go into that. So, <laughs> okay, so, all right. So now I have to ask. So you said you really liked Calc three, but like, mm-hmm. you know, now that you're a super senior or pretty much almost done with your, you know, at least your undergrad. Um, I have to ask what, what is your favorite math course you've taken so far and why? Yeah, and yeah. Maybe describe it a little bit.
2: And I, I should note, I guess um I'm now all my science, all of my coursework is computer science because I am dumb and added on my computer science minor at the end of my uh <laughs> my college career. Sounds um, horrible, <laughs> but I and I will like we can talk about that too if you want because yeah. I do love like computer science stuff as well. Sure, um, but yeah uh sorry the question was favorite math class. favorite
0: math class yeah man i think
2: if i had to choose and i know this is kind of blasphemous to a lot of hardcore math people out there i i think statistics um probably prob- probably probability so the more abstract part of statistics Ooh, okay um but honestly i like that because it completely changed the way like it changed the way that I saw the world mm. in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like you can go into something like, um, like discrete math or some so really proof-based, heavy proof classes, sure, and you won't really it doesn't really change your perspective on life. It just changes your perspective on like calculus, right? When you take real analysis, you change like yeah. how you see calculus, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. But like probability changed the way that I like understood the world, um, mm.
0: and you know, can you explain that? Like, what do you mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, and I'm trying to, like, kind of figure out how to put words to it, but I think a lot of it was, you know, I just kind of realized how, um, how people often don't really understand probabilities, and this happens a lot in, like, politics, so Mm -hmm. that's another area where, like, I had a heavy interest in early on, and, you know, when people, like, for example, people get mad all the time at polling, right, or, like, stuff like that. And I think people often fail to understand just what probabilities mean, you know, Mm. like sometimes you'll have and sometimes you can even put probabilities on probabilities, you can say like, there's a 50% chance, or a 99% chance that the polling falls into this range, right? But people often discount that 1%. And they say, Oh, well, you said the polling falls in this range, but it didn't. So Mm. therefore, your model is incorrect. And then you can say, like, well, you know, we accounted, you know, there's a 5% chance it doesn't fall in that range, Mm. right? No. And you saw a lot of this in, like, you know, past elections. Yeah. Um, and I think there's always a tendency, like, people want um, certainty. And mm. I think probability taught me that, like, really nothing is certain. The best you can do is kind mm. of estimate, you know,
0: yeah, what's wow. the chance. I See, like, I think that that's the kind of math that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I personally don't like the things that aren't perfect. Um, mm. And that's not to say that. It's not cool and it's not fun and it's not math, but it's but it's like even physics, like we do physics in this like perfect vacuum at least early on when you're a when you're just a uh, freshman or whatever you know you're doing freshman level ca- college physics, and it's just like it's calc based, but it's still all in a vacuum like there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of account for like the real world and I think that frustrated me because it wasn't real and also the real world isn't perfect. So I wanted to go do like the pure math, like I wanted to go do like the, the math where I am solving for things that are certain. Um, but it's true, there's, there's not a lot of certainty in the real world. And so I can understand how somebody who's interested in how it applies more than how more than the theory could enjoy that for sure.
2: Yeah. And even even on the topic of physics, you know, I think, you know, uh, kind of recent like physics developments, you know, now all of the half of the research or a lot of the research in physics is like quantum, which is yeah. like the definition of uncertainty, you know? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like, we're kind of realizing that Newtonian mechanics and Newtonian physics um, yeah. is all, has always been an estimation. Yeah. We, we've never like, it's explained things well
0: enough, mm-hmm. but never perfectly. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of, kind of an irony in that the drive for like certainty always leads you back to like uncertainty, yeah. you know, like yeah. if you want to know how the world is then you have to um, right. kind of accept that like, Something you're never disturbing. actually going to be able to get there yeah exactly it really yeah. is
0: interesting and in that this that is we you know i think another thing we're going to talk about homeschooling in our childhood in a second mm-hmm. but i think another thing we always grew up or at least i know i grew up hearing was that like you know um the world was put in the perfect place where uh, if it was any closer to the sun it would burn up and if it was any further from the sun it would it would it would freeze and we'd all be dead and it's just like there's only this is the only problem but that's not true like it's, it's not perfect. The world isn't perfect. Nothing in the universe is, quote-unquote, perfect. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that, like, it's good enough for us. Like, it's, it's good enough that we can live here. And even in, the, even in that instance, like, there's parts of the world where we can't live. Like, it just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't live in... I mean, you can live in Antarctica with, like, some human,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, creations. But, like, think about it. Like, with, you know, for a life to exist unintelligent life to exist for a long period of time, it required something that was close enough, good enough, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely interesting. So, yeah. all right. So, yeah, I'll move on from that. Oh, I was going to say my my favorite math class is not mm-hmm. not probability. Oh, <laughs> God, I think probability was one of the few C's I made in college, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was horrible. I don't remember the initial cl- uh, uh, Part of it was it was honors, and I didn't enjoy it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, my my professor was, like, the like honors department head. And she was just this, like, sadistic, like, <laughs> bitch. Um, but, uh, oh, and she treated everybody like they were, she treated everyone like you were a genius. And then when you turned out not to be a genius, she'd, like, shit on you. And it was just really toxic mm-hmm. and terrible. So I didn't do too well in that class. But, um, no, my favorite, favorite math was modern geometry, mm-hmm. um, which is the whole non-Euclidean geometry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right angles are, are less than 90 degrees and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that it was, it was the, it was the whole theory of like we don't know if this, we don't know if the way we decided, if Euclid's way of describing our world um, was the only way to describe our world, and it, it was just, it it really blew my mind, and it really totally took my concept of like we've we put put certain put certain quantities on certain things, and we've just we've like that's the way it was. And even more recently, like I learned about like, you know, like the duodecimal system where it's like if you were to count in 12s instead of 10s and just also the Babylonians Mm -hmm. did this, like there's other, there's ancient civilizations that did count differently than we do, but now it's universal. And so it's just the way we do things. But like, why did we choose that way? Well, there's all the history behind it, but it's just funny because like, there's definitely more than one way to explain things. And even like you were talking about a second ago with Newtonian physics, it isn't good enough. Like it's not perfect. It's not, everything is not explainable with it. And that's only because that's what the way we chose to start out trying to explain things that it's gotten as far as it has to the point where we can't keep explaining things. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. I, th- I feel like I just said explaining things like 15 <laughs> times. Um, so anyway, that was. Yeah. Yeah. No. And real quick,
2: I think like on that, I think often like th- that's super cool. That's one of the reasons that I kind of fell in love with a lot of uh kind of computer science things is because you really have to change because at its core it's all math right but you know people figured out that oh you know for a computer to run well you can't count in tens you have to count in twos right yeah and so it's like it's like for so many things and then you know with with time although that's kind of um not really that's more of a function of history and not a function of um you know optimality i guess and that like we count in 12s but Mm. um yeah, it's like it's weird. It's weird in some ways, you know. History decides, and then in other ways, optimality decides. You know what is
0: how what type of math is actually used. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's really cool. It is definitely very cool. Uh, all right, so we have talked about math. Um, a little bit. We could probably talk. We could probably spent a whole other podcast just talking about that. One hundred percent. And I think we've probably spent a few hours at times just talking, about <laughs> wasted and, and sober, fun. Yes, yes, both. Um, so uh, the next question though is what? What do you? I don't like the question. What do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I yeah. don't think that anyone ever actually ends up doing what they want to do. But what are maybe some of your like? Some of your like, for me, like, my passion was education and working with kids and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, uh, distributing my knowledge to the next generation. Now, whether that had been through high school teaching or any other you know, way, like, I mean, I'm currently a swim coach, right? And I love it. So mm-hmm. not that you have this, like, one-sentence-done thing, but, like, kind of, like, what's your passion? What do you want to do with mathematics? What do you hope to achieve with mathematics? What fields are you interested in? Um you know, where do you where do you think you go? And I would love it if you um, you can even I know you're not interested in politics as much as you used to be. But mm-hmm. even just talking about the career fields available to somebody who enjoys math um, and politics, like what could you do in that or even law? You know, so things like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's that's a super hard question. Um, I also hate the what do you want to be a new rep question because I yeah. never had a good answer, and my answer
0: changed from week to week. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, me, too. I know? never was, like, I I would say things like, a police <laughs> officer or a veterinarian, but I never knew, like, actually mm-hmm. what I was going to do, so.
2: Exactly, exactly. And so I kind of let, like, you know, what I enjoy in, in, in the moment to kind of drive me towards that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I set goals, but at the end of the day, like, if I'm doing something and I... Really don't enjoy it, I will kind of calibrate based upon that
1: because
2: mm. I don't want to be one of those people who's stuck in in an industry or at a company or whatever that they just hate, you yeah. know, because yeah. it's like there's no point in that, right? Um, but yeah, I really think part of it is, um, I want to work on cool problems, problems that actually matter, mm. and I want to work with like smart people, um, because that's that's something that's a, that those are good goals, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like who you are around um kind of directly impacts like kind of the things you do um yeah. so you know in high school i wasn't i wasn't really um with people who shared like common goals as me yeah. and so it kind of it kind of was tough and it made me um you know rethink and now going into college i kind of make sure that like the people that i'm around are like reflective of of who i want to be yeah um in a lot of ways um and so really interested in just like things like that and i i guess specifically with math i really want to you know i find that like in our age i think like ai and and kind of stuff like that is going to really like change the way the world works mm, um yeah. you know the search for like general um in in uh, artificial intelligence yeah and things like that and i really you know i love because those are, those are subjects in computer science that are almost entirely driven by math, right? Yeah, because, sure. you, you know, at all times you're, like, optimizing, uh, you know, an equation or whatever. And so that, those are kind of things that I'm really looking to go into, um, specifically, like, AI um, yeah. and things like that. And that's, that's kind of where I've been leading, and hence my interest in, like, statistics and probability. Yeah, um, sure. And that's kind of where my math career has taken me. Um, and Do you want to
0: go to uh, get your master's and PhD?
2: Yeah, you know, I think eventually I do. Um, I definitely do. Um, I'm going to work. I'm also a highly like, um, how do you say it? Um, I'm, I guess I'm a hyper realistic person, too. Okay. Um. So like, I, you know, I want to make sure that like, you know, because I do want to be able to like support me support a family, right? So I'm, I'm not super interested in, in, going into poverty I guess to get yeah. my uh, to get my masters and phd yeah um but eventually um I do and I think you know there're just so many areas of like ai um yeah. that are like blowing up you know like yes. b- biological ai like all these kinds of things um that are like being used in so many ways and I haven't really figured out which one I I'm really interested in. I'm actually going into the next semester doing, um, working with a professor on like natural language processing stuff. So I'm kind of like testing out, testing the waters to see if that's something, um, that I'm really interested in. Um, but yeah, I'm keeping an open mind, but I know it's going to be somewhere in like technology, um, somewhere, um, in artificial intelligence, somewhere in that kind of machine learning
0: realm. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Cool. And so, so you're so you kind of just said you kind of answered the question you're not super sure do you have like cuz you know you're on your last year of school do you know exactly kind of like okay when you graduate where you're going for now um are you kind of just still like leaving this this year up to uh kind of help you figure figure that out
2: <laughs> yeah no um i i am so i'm i'm currently like applying for a lot of different positions um kind of positions in so i i took out like a little bit of student loans so i'm really looking to like get a well-paying job and kind of pay, pay those down. Um, and so I've been, you know, I'm applying for a lot of, um, startup companies, a lot of software companies Mm. really interested in as well. In um, so I don't know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I actually recently like started a company um, with a couple of my friends. Yeah. Um, and so whatever I do, I want to make sure I have time to, and we can like talk about that if you want. Yeah. Um, But I want to make sure I have time to, you know, Work with them and grow that company because um, yeah. it's something that I'm, like, pretty passionate about. Um, sure. And it's something that, like, I feel like my interest in, in AI and intelligence can be, can be used. Yeah. What's um, the company? Uh, yeah, go yeah. for it. I mean, just yeah. start talking about um, it. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> I'll plug uh, the company. So it's, yeah. it's me and two of my friends, um, and we started a company called Athios. Okay. Um, and basically the goal of the company, which you probably are What's interested
0: at- in. What's Athios mean? I have to
2: so discuss. Athios is actually a Greek... I believe it's a Greek um, word for intelligence. Um, So, yeah, I did not come up with it. It was one of my, (laughs) it was was one of my, one of our co-founders. He came up with a name and basically kind of what we are looking to do is really um, explore, you know, areas of um, how to, how to, how to basically lower the cost of education, um, higher education specifically. And so a big way that we're doing that is really by throwing in um, some aspects of like competition into like a lot of areas of higher education. Um, So we're currently working on a marketplace where um, basically you can go in and you can compare kind of all of the the classes that you want by transferability to your school. Mm. And so that you can, um, because we realized a lot of people go to four-year colleges, such as UT, and they, a lot of them accrue... Extremely large amounts of debt. Yeah, when like they can take up to half their classes at a community college. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, definitely. Yeah. And I'm really passionate about that too because I think the education that I got at Lone Star was on par, if not um, sometimes better than the education I get at UT. Sure. Um, which smaller classes a lot of times and it's better. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, but it's like at the end of the day, you recognize that like the prestige of like a, a four year degree is worth something. Yeah. And so I don't think people know you can have you can do both. Yeah. Um, so we're looking, really looking to um, to kind of put these big colleges that I think have often had little competition into an area where they are kind of forced a little bit to optimize and to like. Mm. Um, lower their prices um, and such if if you have a bunch of students, you know, taking community college classes instead.
0: Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that that's a twofold, that's like a two birds with one stone kind of thing too because I, I think there's a lot of community college professors who have a genuine passion for the subject they teach but can't get a job at a, at a university because they don't have their PhD or they don't feel like putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times university professors don't get paid to teach as much as they get paid to research. Mm-hmm. So the, the people who teach community college, they really have a passion to teach, whereas you get a bunch of college professors who have a passion for research and hate teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had a couple math professors who were like that. They, they did not enjoy teaching us calculus or teaching us differential equations or whatever it was. Yeah. They, they were there because they were a researcher and the college would only let them use the resources to research if they taught at least a class. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great... I mean, because what that would do is it would encourage... It would give... It would grow the community college system so that people who are teaching to teach and not teaching so they can be a researcher, they'd get more resources and better funding and better, better bigger classes, more students, so solely because it's cheaper for the student um, and it's better for the professor. So I, I, yeah, I, I know I took community college classes every summer, and some of those professors were some of the best professors I ever had. Granted, mm-hmm. some of them sucked, but <laughs> most of them, I would say, more than a bigger percentage than the professors I had at A and M, really had a passion for their, for their class. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool idea. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's been it's been tough. I think a lot of the education, the education system is something that a lot of startups don't entirely um don't go into because it's just a hard thing to work within because each school has their own Mm. um Mm. you know data aggregation techniques each school has their own um you know systems for for doing things yeah and that's where we are really trying to you know build build a uh, at the end of the day um me and my one of my co-founders um logan we, we were talking about this and At the end of the day, we are really trying. Like, at the end of the day, we're a data aggregation company. Is kind of how we see it. Um, Because if you can get all of the data on all of these classes and which transfer where and all of these things, then it's extremely easy to present that to students. Um, Sure. But as it stands now, you know, um, you really, if you do go to community college, then you go to one community college that's in your area. Right. When there are often community colleges around the state that could be cheaper and have online classes and that especially in you know COVID and you don't times. think about that
0: yeah you don't think about going you don't think about going to a community college like you would go to a university you think about going to community college like oh I'll do it while I'm at home mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely something that can change and would be way cheaper wow that's cool I like that idea I love that awesome um all right so you're not sure what you want to do may I suggest teaching only because I mean only because I would say you know um not only is teaching like my passion and I love it um but it has provided me an opportunity to you know with summers off work on like a tutoring business and I also Mm -hmm. like I said got hired as a swim team coach um which I've loved unfortunately I'm probably gonna have to have to give that up because teaching is so demanding but um I'm still tutoring you know on the weekends Mm -hmm. and on some weeknights, right now, not as much because it's kind of beginning of the year craziness. But um, yeah, so I mean, I've found that there's a lot of free time in teaching, mm-hmm. um, and the pay is not horrible in Texas. It could be worse. Don't, yeah, don't look at Mississippi State your <laughs> salary; it's not pretty. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, with a math degree, I, I maybe I should maybe I shouldn't say I should suggest teaching, but with a math degree, um, could you just talk about the other? the other job uh, opportunities that you might have? Um, because a lot of people think, oh, well, with, with a math degree, all you can do is be an actuarian or go, go teach, and that's it. So what are, your, uh, what, are your, what are your kind of fields or field that you're looking at right now in terms of getting hired out of college?
1: Yeah, and this is
2: something that I kind of tell. So my sister's actually also a math major. Um, yeah. She's going into teaching. Um, but this is something that I tell everyone who's interested in math. Um, that I know people with math degrees who do everything. Um, so actually, the um, the highest scoring um, degree on the LSAT is actually mathematics. Mm. So if you're interested in law school, um, I always plug math as a great pre-law degree because um, wow. it requires you to really, you know, think logically. It's also very hard and requires you to, you know, have your shit together and like yeah. study well. Um, yeah. Where I, I feel like there are degrees where you can kind of coast um, sometimes. Sure. And so, you know, it's an incredible pre-law degree. I know, you know, finance, it's huge. I just see a lot of things going in the way of artificial intelligence systems and AI. And yeah. a lot of those jobs, um, you know, require you to have a very high knowledge in math. Um, and a lot of the indus- a lot of industries, I think, are going to be revolutionized by that. Mm. And so that's why I also tell people that no matter your major, you should like learn a little bit of coding um, yeah. if you have the time, um, because I think it just it opens up your world to like, it opens up you to just a, a new world of possibilities. Yeah. Um, even if you're not working with something as complex as AI, you know, if you're doing yeah, yeah. something as small as like automating a yeah. uh, monotonous task that you do on like a daily basis, then like it's, you know. It's helped you, and yeah. so, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's a really versatile degree, which is a double edged sword because it also you know it does make it hard sometimes to get a job because yeah. like you have to um work your ass off to like you know learn an industry um and like work you know to kind of immerse yourself in that industry, but at the end of the day, you know if one day you decide you don't like what you do, then your skills are really transferable, and you can kind of just go somewhere else um and that's uh yeah, that's that's kind of mm. kind of my philosophy behind it. I think cool. I don't think there's too many fields where math out apart from like certain, you know, writing fields
1: where a math degree would would serve you poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, because, you know, it's funny. You always think of like
0: lawyers being more English people or at least needing better writing skills. Um which, I mean, you do, um, but but I, you don't think of it as, like, you know, math being a pre-law degree. You think you typically think of English or some sort of liberal arts degree or logic or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I like that. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way ever, so.
1: Yeah, and but, I
2: should mention um, that, you know, one of the reasons it skews that way is because the people who major in math and then decide to do pre-law are often... Um, going into it because they love law and they are not going into it because it's, like, the expected thing. No, So, like, you know, so there's a little bit of skew in that kind of data, but from what I've seen, even when you control for that, um, math people score extremely, I mean, in ridiculously high percentiles for Mm.
1: for the uh, the LSAT, so. Interesting. Cool. Awesome. Okay, so, um, I, I guess...
0: Let's now talk about homeschooling and kind of you know our childhoods. Um, we we both experienced very unique uh, uh, elementary through well for through high school for me through what middle school yeah through year of high school yeah, or so for you through middle school mm-hmm. through middle school. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe just start with kind of like. Your uh at home homeschooling experience maybe, and we'll just see where it goes from there. I have a couple other questions written down, but maybe I just kind of want to like your, you know, how how was it? What did you do? Um, um, was it beneficial for you? You know, was it better than public school? Was it not?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's I don't know. So in terms of the better than public school question, it's different than public school. It's mm-hmm. a lot different. I think yeah. typically people think of homeschooling and public schooling as you know, things you just kind of switch in and out of, and yeah. you're kind of, it's kind of the same. Um, but it's not at all. And I think one of the benefits of homeschooling is that you come to the realization very early on that because you um, finish something or because you're doing what someone else tells you to do doesn't mean you're successful. Um, and yeah. that that's like something that I think college also kind of teaches you especially when you're starting to kind of look at going out into you know the real world or whatever uh quote unquote because you know a lot of college kids work and so they're kind of already in the real world but mm-hmm. um but you know it's i think homeschooling you kind of learn that like you only get into something what you or you only get out of something what you put into it and you don't really um you know if you coast through so like for example in um public school i really Kind of didn't have to try too hard to get like decent grades, and yeah. that was you know you see all these memes of like oh gifted and talented students now are like are like suffering right because like you're realizing that oh my gosh you have to have like skills to like get a job and all of these kinds of things. Um, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think often if you kind of find school easy, it you kind of don't aren't used to putting in the work to to get things, and I think that's why you see you know that's why the old like adage like you know a students end up working um, for the b students and the c students are like the boss of all of them right so it's like it's like if you're used to having to really work ridiculously hard for whatever you want to do um it makes it really easy in the future when you know you're kind of in a situation where uh, oh my gosh i have to go in the real world and get a job um and the only way to do that is to like gain skills that um yeah. that actually work um, yeah. so but in terms of my specific specific um experience. I was homeschooled three years in middle school. Um and I can say it was probably I probably did not get as much out of it as I think I should have or as some people do. Um mm. mostly because like in elementary school I was used to that like you know, you do your homework and then you just like do whatever you want and you don't like, you know obviously it's elementary school, so like yeah. you know, that's like expected. Yeah. But in high school too It was kind of like that, um, not really thinking of the future, just kind of, you know, oh, I got all A's, everything will be fine, I'll probably get into Harvard or something, right? Right. Um, And that, you know, that doesn't happen. Um, And so, it's kind of like a hard truth that I wish homeschooling had taught me in middle school. It probably did not. I came out of homeschooling, like, a little bit behind in math, kind of like I was saying, um, which kind of hurt my my high school um, I think advancement a little bit because I started out off a little bit behind but but I think for a lot of people like for you I'm sure your experience was was v- extremely positive and that like you learned you know to manage yourself and to, to kind of like do you learned that like you know even though like you know your parents are giving you the grade like at the end of the day that's not really what matters
0: yeah um, yeah. So, yeah yeah I mean I I'd, I'd say that my experience was was good because I did do a lot on my own. Um, so when I got to college, it wasn't anything new, right? And, you know, college is a lot on your own. Um, I really liked what you said with, with, with public school, which was, you know, it was like, if it was easy for you, then it was easy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only because the expectations, I, at least from what I've seen as now a teacher, is like the expectations are so low. Like mm-hmm. I have kids that come in all the time you know, what, what the heck, Mr. Anway, like, you're the only person that gives us homework. Like, you're the only one who ever gives us any homework. And I'm like, really? Like, it's, I find it hard to believe that like, the, the, the expectation is so low that teachers have just stopped giving work to do at home or stopped giving work at all. Um, and it's harmful because mm-hmm. the kids who put in the minimal effort to finish their work make A's. The kids who don't fin- do, put in any middle, you know, barely any effort at all or don't at all, Still somehow end up passing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so at least that's what I've seen in my school. I know that's not true everywhere, um, but yeah, I think that that's a big challenge and a big problem. That I didn't, I mean, it was still easy for me to make A's only because I, you know, I tried, Mm -hmm. um, I tried to do well, um, so it was, it was quote unquote easy for me to make A's, but I still had to do it all on my own, like, I still had to put in a decent amount of effort, so when I got to college and made a, whatever, 3.8 my first semester, most most of my peers, you know, were flunking or making C's um, in math classes because it was so such a different environment for them compared to what it was for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, so. yeah, and I mean, I think there's also, you know, there's a lot of truth um, in the idea that... Um, <laughs> in the idea that um, people kind of rise to the expectations that uh, people set for them. And, you know, there was that, there was the famous case of um, everyone, everyone's probably heard of this, but the case where, you know, all of these people kind of cheated their ways into Ivy league schools or high performing schools, right? Or paid their ways into it. Exactly. Or paid their way into it. Um, And, you know, and so quote unquote, like they shouldn't be there, right? You would expect them to, to fail in that situation, right? Because they're, they're, um, they're not supposed to be in these schools, right? And like they, they're only there because their parents had a lot of money, or yeah, whatever, yeah, or they yeah. lied or cheated or whatever, right? Right. So like you'd expect for them to fail, right? And when you look at the data, they did just as well right. as everyone who was accepted, right? So it's like, it's like the expectation kind of determines the outcome in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like if they're high expectations for you, a lot of times people who you wouldn't like. Typically, expect to meet those expectations. Do and
0: yeah, so I think yeah, yeah.
2: There's a lot of truth in that. The
0: expectations are low, and therefore the the performance is low. Versus mm-hmm. if the expectations are high, the performance is higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100. I think it's hard to fight as a teacher the expectations that the school has set in my classroom because you know I I have high expectations for my students, but it's hard to stick to those and and maintain those when every other teacher and I and you know for teachers listening to the podcast i'm not trying to say that you don't have high expectations for your students by any means um and if anything especially like my math department is one of the few departments that i feel like we really hold our students to a very high expectation at my school Mm -hmm. so it's 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 interesting though that these kids do come from other classes and it's like what'd you do in that class oh we sat around um and watched a movie or oh we did this and that and it just sometimes it does come across as like what the heck are you taking that class for? Like you're not doing anything like what you just to get the credit. It's the only reason. Um, so yeah, I think high expectations are important for sure. Mm -hmm. And now we're kind of getting into the whole education talk, (laughs) which I don't want to, I don't want to sidetrack too much. Um, for you personally, what were some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses of homeschooling and your experience?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the strengths of homeschooling, like I said before, is that, you know, it, it kind of taught me that there really, you know, there really is only you at the end of the day. Um, and there really isn't, you know, your, your grades are only like a small reflection of you, I guess. Um, and you know, I, I think often people think because they get good grades means they can easily transition into the job of their choice. Um, Mm. and I think that's like a wildly, um, ridiculous concept because you know putting your um becoming the employer for a second you know if someone got good grades then it doesn't mean they're going to you know do Do good work yeah yeah exactly and so it's like that's something that it taught me i think one of the weaknesses i think is um you know and my my parents kind of led a lot of that but they were not highly experienced in that area and so i think a lot of times homeschooling is a reflection of how comfortable your parents or whoever's teaching you is. And okay. sometimes, um, you know, my, I think my parents, like, I mean, I think I turned out okay, so I think my yeah. parents did, did, like, totally fine, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. But, um, but I think sometimes the weakness is, like, um, if your parents are not completely comfortable in that, like, your parents, I think, were extremely comfortable. Yeah, in kind of that well, my setting. mom was
0: a teacher, so yes. Yes,
2: exactly, exactly. And so I think sometimes um, there's this, like idea that oh, homeschooling is like a kind of a, a fix all, but you know if if you don't have parents who are extremely comfortable in that um then you know sometimes it isn't because they don't know what expectations to set for you um and so um yeah, I think that's it's often a reflection, I think of like how how comfortable how much you want to rise to the occasion, which I did not really in middle school want yeah. to rise to the occasion, yeah, um but it's also a reflection of like how comfortable your parents are in that like position.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it has to do with your parents. I mean, I think because my mom was a teacher, I had a really great experience homeschooling because she was doing a good job. And I think what a lot of people too don't understand with homeschooling is there's a, there's a lot of classes for homeschoolers specifically where you go take a mm-hmm. class with a group of homeschoolers. And I think that my parents did a really good job of making sure I, Got an even education all around. You know, because my mom was a math teacher, you know, she couldn't teach us writing. Like my dad probably could have if he had been able to stay home Mm -hmm. because he was an English major. But she put us in writing classes and we go take classes with other homeschoolers or even just with a private tutor on writing and how to write and how to write well. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I definitely credit that to like my writing skills today. Like, I mean, I was able to perform very well in my writing classes in college and make A's in my writing classes in college solely because. I had a good experience of writing in high school, even though I wasn't in an actual public school with an actual English teacher. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's definitely strengths and weaknesses. I definitely think that the strengths and weaknesses come from your parents and how much of a good job they do putting you in positions to succeed. Um, and, and if they're not experienced in something, you know, taking, the, taking that responsibility on them to make sure that they find somebody who is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. How about okay? So, you know that being said, do you think for you personally? Because I think it's different for everybody, right? I think that some people do better homeschooling, and I think some people need the structure of a of a school, whether that's public or private. Do you think it was better for you? Which which one do you think was better for you? Like, do you think you did better in public school, or do you think you did better homeschooling, or um, or maybe you just elaborate kind of on that question?
2: Yeah, I think I think I did better. I don't know how the outcome would have been if I went to public school and middle school. Um, I think I did better in public school when I had teachers who cared a lot. And I was like, you know, able to go to a school where teachers did care a lot. And yeah. I think that's often not the case. So I think someone in like a situation where, their local public school is, uh, you know, known for having teachers who don't care. Yeah. You know, I think homeschooling is usually, like, a great option. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I went to schools where expectations are set pretty high. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of schools, like you said, like, a ton of schools where, in a lot of, like, areas, expectations are not set very high. Right. And I think that's that's where, you know, you get students who um, are gifted and talented who... Um, are really smart people but at the end of the day the expectations are not set high enough for them to be um uncomfortable i think that's yeah. that's the thing that i've i think learned in education is you always want to feel kind of uncomfortable and yeah. kind of like like you are you always want to feel um and i don't want to say like stressed because i think you can do it without being stressed yeah but you always want to feel like you are kind of dumb yeah. i think like, like if, what you're
0: doing is challenging like what you're doing is something that you don't know if you can do but you're going to try anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that I will tell the story of, of my valedictorian last year that we had the privilege of teaching in, in my first year of teaching, uh, he was brilliant. I mean, just, just brilliant. He wants to go into AI actually. Um, awesome. really, 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 really smart guy. Um, and you know, I had him for calculus, AP calculus and, At the beginning of the year, kind of the early on stuff with limits and things like that, it's not super challenging for somebody who's very talented in mathematics. And so I went ahead and had him learn, you know, the formal definition of a limit and proving limits with epsilon delta proofs. Mm. And it challenged him. And it really, he would come up after class, you know, most days and he would come talk to me about like a certain proof he was trying to work on. And it was fun for me too, because I hadn't done those since college, (laughs) um, since my freshman year, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, or maybe since, you know, real analysis, but still. you know, those, it was, it was an ability, it was the ability of me to put him in a place where he was not, no longer just freezing through it, that I think made him enjoy that. Now, once we got into the more difficult things, chain rule limits, and I had a very challenging curriculum that I used last year that was phenomenal um, Mm -hmm. for him. (laughs) For some of the students, it was a little much. Um, But once we got into that more challenging stuff, it was great. It was perfect. He was, he was right where he needed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And he even mentioned kind of at the end of the year, like, your math class was the only math class that ever like made me think I know, mm-hmm. like really um but I agree I think that like you you need to be made to think you need to be you need to be in a position where you have to try and figure things out and yeah I think that there's definitely people who are marked gifted and talented in high school who they're only marked gifted and talented because they put in minimal, minimal effort to make A's <laughs> exactly and yeah. that's not what the definition of gifted and talented means
1: yeah,
2: and we should say we're hating on gifted and talented people, but I f- we were both gifted and talented people. Oh, 100%. People, so we
0: can talk shit. <laughs> I would have been, If I had been in high school, if I had been in a public school, I would have been marked gifted and talented 100%. Um, I was never in high school, so I didn't get that. Um, I didn't get that marking, but yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. I, think that, you know, if, I think that's the reason we probably hated math. I mean, we talked about it mm-hmm. at the very beginning, right? Like, I hated math. I hated math. I hated it until I took calculus because it was boring. Like I wasn't challenged. I wasn't being, I wasn't being put in a position where I was like, man, this is causing me to have to really, to have a big dilemma, right? It was, it was, Mm -hmm. it was, here's how you do this problem. Now do 30 of the same type of problem with different numbers. And it was like, why? Like, this is so lame and boring. Like, teach me something new, teach me something different, teach me something I can work on. And so I think I blew off. In fact, I don't think I really enjoyed much of school (laughs) Mm -hmm. solely for that reason. so, yeah, I think that's a great way yeah, of no, putting Um, All right, so, I don't know. I don't really have anything else on homeschooling. I I, I was going to ask kind of like who – this is a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> but who is okay. who is maybe someone you look up to or someone that um you might consider, you know, quote, unquote, your idol, um who you kind of aspire to be? Um, maybe, and that doesn't have to be like someone in the mathematics field necessarily, but just somebody in your life who, um, or not in your life, some, 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 some you know, famous person. You, know, mm-hmm. you, could, you could say Elon Musk for like I I don't <laughs> care, right? Um, who is somebody you look up to and kind of aspire to um, be like every day? And this doesn't have to be math related. I mean, this can be just life related. Should yeah. Curious. Yeah, I'll give...
2: Um... I'll give I'll give two. I guess I guess okay. I'll give like a someone that I know personally and then someone like more um I guess that I that I don't really know. Um but first off I think um someone who kind of embodies and who's taught me a lot um about work ethic about um you know that school at the end of the day isn't a guarantee um is kind of one of the co-founders of our business um mm. uh Logan and he and he kind of, um, you know, he we met, so we actually didn't meet at Lone Star, but we both went to Lone Star. Mm. Um, and he ended up going to Sam Houston State, um, for criminal justice. And he, uh, was someone who er, is someone who, um, really embodies kind of the idea that, you know, education isn't something, um, so I guess I'll, I'll list off kind of how, how he kind of showed me that um so he went to Sam Houston State for criminal justice but he kind of realized um early on that you know this wasn't something that he was passionate about and he was passionate about kind of entrepreneurship and creating things and so he started to like learn how to code Mm. and he started to learn um you know computer science right and um, eventually, that led to him. We actually met. He reached out to me on LinkedIn because he was looking for people to to start a company with. Mm-hmm. And he reached out just to see if I was interested. And um, ironically, me and my roommate were also extremely interested in starting a company. And yeah. so we both kind of um, glommed onto him and and you know started doing something. But he, uh, someone who. So he actually recently was accepted into uh, extremely prestigious program, um, uh, entrepreneurship program, a- AVC Fellowship, which is a uh, venture capital fund oh, wow. that does like a fellowship, right? Yeah. And it's just, um, I mean, it's a hilarious story because he's this kind of he's like a southern dude, right? He has a little bit of a, a southern draw in his in his accent, you yeah, know. Yeah. Someone that you would you would come across and you'd think, oh, you probably work in construction or yeah, something, right? Yeah. Like, um. And completely unfairly, just because like that's you know what you're presented with usually. And yeah. but you know he's in he gets in these meetings and he was telling us you know his first meeting right and everyone had to introduce themselves and it was you know um, he was the only person there who was not in an Ivy League school. Wow. So it was it was going around it was oh I'm you know I'm at Princeton I'm at Harvard I'm the leader of the entrepreneurship club I've managed you know millions of dollars at the age of like 20 right wow. crazy things and then it yeah. gets to him. I go to Sam Houston State which no one's ever heard of. I right. major in criminal justice which people are like, "What?" And he's like, "I want to like change the world with like technology." Oh. And it was really something um I think that inspired me a lot um realizing that honestly the only thing in between kind of um what you want is really just the work. Um in a lot of cases, because people get lucky all the time, but you just have to put yourself in the position, I think, to get yeah. lucky yeah. enough times, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's someone who, like, completely embodies that. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, little shout-out to, to him, to, yeah. like, how the company kind of started um, a little LinkedIn message, um, <laughs> which is, like, a really
0: unsexy way
2: for a company to start, I guess. <laughs> but,
0: um, but, yeah. I love this. I love, the, I love what you said, which is you've got to put yourself in a position to be successful, Mm-hmm. More than once, you've mm-hmm. got to do it as many times as you can, and I think that I think if you talk to a lot of people who are very successful, you'll hear the same thing um, repeated. You know, um, I love the story of of some actors, and and just off the top of my head, like even Elon Musk, like his story is is you know he was he he was out of money, mm-hmm. you know he had nothing, um, and and within just ten years, because he he you know founded the way for electric cars to really become affordable and reasonable. Um, you know, he's a billionaire. Um, so, yeah, I think that you have to be able to continue to strive to do what you want to do, even if it's not working out right then and there. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's great. That's I love that. Yeah. Cool. Who was your second yeah. one? Um, too? Yeah, my second
2: one, um, I think... I I don't want to, I hate saying Elon Musk because that's like a very like typical thing to say. Well, he's an inspiring Um,
0: person, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I think for similar reasons um, in that, you know, he had opposition, you know, largely in the way of like, you know, his like, you know, accent, his stutter, right? It's something that like makes it very hard for him to go up and present things, right? Mm, He's a little bit Um, different exactly and you know i think kind of that and also the the idea that i think often in in academia and in um in uh in kind of high levels there's this opposition towards big ideas or like this this like um this um uneasiness people get when presented with kind of big things because mm. there's this idea that oh if it's so good someone else would have already done it right mm. and and there's no um there's no firsts in in a like people kind of don't really ever see themselves as the first because they think oh you know um you know there are tons of smart people around me and they mm. obviously would have already thought of it so i'm not going to look like a fool in recommending something that like can be shot down yeah um and i think you know i think that's kind of starting to change a yeah. lot in a lot of ways i think um in a in like a ton of areas i think now you know it's getting to the point now where you know people are people who like you know, aliens, all right? Yeah. Podcast topic. Yeah, um, we go. People who, like, you title know...
0: The title of the podcast, aliens. Yeah, it's like people...
2: <laughs> people, like, who, um, you know, are these high-level scientists are coming out and saying, you know, well, yeah, no, I believe that aliens exist, right? Yeah. But they never said it before. They're only saying it now because it's something that's, like, more in the mainstream. But they never said it before because they didn't want to look like a quack. Right. Which is understandable. But at the same time... Um, the people to kind of normalize that are the people who are going to get all of the credit. And uh, a lot of people, you know, didn't normalize that. And in the same way, I think Elon Musk kind of, you know, said, you know, where all a lot of scientists were saying, oh, Earth is doomed, um, you know, climate change is kind of going to be the end of us all. And, you know, electric cars will will never take off because they're just
0: so far behind gas cars and stuff. Um, and there was someone who said, like... Too expensive to produce. Yeah, There's so many issues with them. All the electricity comes from the comes from the power plants anyways. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I know what you mean. And there's like still people who are like that. Um, but I think, you know,
2: people who use that to drive them instead of like beat them down, yeah. um are typically the people who
0: who kind of make it, I think. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. I don't know if I have an idol like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, I I'd say my mom definitely inspired me to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, like, a teacher idol. I know I had some really influential professors um, who were just phenomenal that I try to be like. Um, But, yeah, I agree 100% that you've got to make yourself uncomfortable. Um, You've got to put yourself in a position to succeed. Those are all really good things to do if you want to change the world um, or be your own person and be Mm -hmm. successful in the world. So, cool. 100%. Well, I don't have anything else. Thanks for... Being the first person on my new <laughs> podcast, how many people will listen? I don't know. It's going to take off. It's going to take off. It's going to take off. We're in, in a closet. Next, that means it's going to take off. The next Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, again, this is Caleb Ford. He's one of my best friends um, since since childhood. And it um, turned out we both decided to be math majors, which is a little weird. Um, and now even his sister is a math major. I forgot about that for a second until you mentioned it earlier. It's spreading. It's spreading. Disease it's is spreading. great, is Yes. Um. <laughs> And so uh, we both geek out about math all the time, and we might do another podcast in the future, maybe just about math topics. I don't know. Um, Or maybe about teaching, or maybe about who knows what. So um, for now, that's, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Awesome.